Welcome to the Post-Purchase Pro Podcast. This is the only podcast that dives deep into post-purchase marketing to help Amazon sellers increase sales, ranking, reviews, and profits. It's everything that happens after the initial sale that makes a difference. We call this we call the this back end. the back end, and I'm going to start speaking right now because I know <laughs> Seth is going to try to get right over me here, Robin. So it's it's a game we play. I'm having some lighting issues today, but forgive me, Seth. Welcome to another episode of the Post Purchase Podcast, the only podcast that dives deep into post purchase marketing so that Amazon sellers get faster ranking, more reviews, and more profits. Right, Seth. That is true, and we're back at it again with the back end. And today, my friend, we have a very special guest. We have Robin Johnson, who uh, coincidentally is the founder and CEO of Marketplace Blueprint. Robin, we are so excited to have you today to dive in to what is happening in your world. Welcome to the show. Come on down, Robin. Welcome to the next victim or the next... uh, We won't pick on you too much. We just have a little fun over here. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. Today is another great day. Um, so um, I'm excited to share, and I love getting to nerd out and talk about <laughs> all of the things. Hey, that there'll be no nerding out over here now, okay? Huh? Uh, there'll be no nerding out. Yoda is for nerds. You would never own a Yoda, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is your virtual background. <laughs> I love yoga, or Yoda and yoga, actually. <laughs> Only at the winter time, though. So, tell us a little bit about Robin from House Johnson and and uh, why the history of, of what you're doing over there at Marketplace Blueprint with an L and why you got started. Yeah, so I actually before this I was a youth minister, so I was in the least capitalistic profession possible. Um, my <laughs> son got sick, and when you work for the church, they say the benefits are out of this world because the pay is not. And I uh, started a little side hustle, started selling Amazon or buying things at the garage sales and selling them on Craigslist. Then Craigslist, remember back in Craigslist before Facebook Marketplace, yes. uh, then eBay, Amazon. Uh, this was about 13 years ago. So I've been eating, sleeping, breathing Amazon and Marketplace sales in general for about 13 years. Um, we started selling at a high velocity. We coached at a high velocity, we coached a lot of high volume sellers for several years. And, you know, you know, we kind of went from, you know, that original like retail arbitrage, wild, wild west to buying wholesale. And we saw <laughs> what a big problem that Amazon was. Was for brand owners. So we started our agency about seven years ago. Uh, it took a while for us to build that up, but um, that's our primary focus now. So we work with everything from, you know, launch companies. We have several Shark Tank companies in our clients. Uh, and then we all, you know, we work with a lot of like regular, like Walmart, Costco, Home Depot, uh, up to publicly traded companies. So companies that are in those regular brick and mortars that maybe uh, are not as uh, digitally native. And so Amazon is a whole new world for them. Um, And that usually means a whole new world of Tylenol and Advil. And so we're there to kind of help them smooth that out. I love it. What part of the world are you in? I am in Phoenix, and yesterday was so nice. It was so cool. It was only 106. It was great. Is that all? That's in the shade, though, right? Yeah. So I figured you were an East Coaster because you're talking 110 mile an hour and my old ears only hear it about 75 mile an hour, give or take. So <laughs> what, a, what an amazing introduction. I appreciate what you're doing out there in the trenches. And you said, did you mention that you work with a lot of the Shark Tank brands? How, how did you get into that? And, and who are you working with, if you don't mind? Yeah. So we have a lot of, so we can, we actually end up with a lot of people that uh, like, you know, they, maybe they got a deal and the deal fell through 
or, uh, you know, so like one of our clients is busy baby. If you have a, a, a little one that likes to throw their things at the busy baby mat is one of our favorite clients. Um, and they have a really, really great product. Um, you know, we work with, you know, like China Miss tea and dealing, um, products. We've worked with tough built tools. So we kind of work, have worked with a lot of different brands and it's so interesting to see like, what are the KPIs that people prioritize at different stages of business? Uh, you know, like, and how do each, how does each of these companies and each of these verticals really explore and like navigate the problems that Amazon can, can cause? Yeah, this is great, Robin. So just a quick note on your, um, your temperature out there. I just read this study about the benefits of sauna. So you don't even have to sit in the sauna anymore. You know, you've got plenty of heat there to pull off the health benefits, I think. <laughs> You're so. probably talking about infrared <laughs> sauna though. It's just straight up oven heat. You know, my first trip to Phoenix, I always tell the story, okay, to, to the Valley of the Sun, they call it. So I pull, I'm, I'm on a cross country RV trip. I'm about 22 years old. First time I went to Phoenix, we pull into the West Phoenix KOA. You know where that is? It's about 1.30 a.m., give or take. And it's the first time I pull into a, to a KOA on the road and there are people swimming in the pool at 1.30 a.m. Well, when I went in after I hooked up the RV, went in to take a shower and realized that there was no such thing as cold water in the desert. You know, I had a nice hot shower. I realized while everyone was in the pool because it was literally unusable during the day when it was 117 degrees. So, you know, everyone says, oh, it's a dry heat. It's a dry heat. Well, guess what, Robin? So is my oven, but you don't see me hanging out in there. We had three days over at 119 last month. Wow. Hey, everybody needs something to brag about. I have family in Mesa and Gilbert. Okay. So, you know, you know. <laughs> I know all about it. I've driven through a, a dust storm as I watched our Indianapolis Colts uh, beat up on the uh, Arizona Cardinals back in 2007. <laughs> so, yes. Been there, done that. I actually like it. I like, uh, uh, what, what's the place we go to? Genius Network, Scott. Uh, yeah, Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We lived in Scottsdale for many years. We love it. Sweet. So, Robin, quick question for you. What do most Amazon sellers get wrong, in your opinion? So, you know, I think that there's there's a couple things. One is, you know, that if you've been selling on Amazon a long time, you need to shift your your point of view. This is not field of dreams. That day is gone. Kevin Costner has left the building. <laughs> um, so it's about like building a strategic marketing plan. And that means having grown up marketing conversations, like understanding customer psychographics and demographics. Demographics are not enough because demographics do not give you buyer keyword intent. Uh, understanding how creative, and one of the things as we see that Amazon is really kind of maturing as a marketplace, is there are more and more opportunities for you to really utilize strong creative to give your brand an advantage. Um, and, you know, th this is all about post-purchase sales. I think a lot of people are just focused on the launch. As you get data from your advertising, as you get data from your conversion, it's really important to look at that data and say, all right, I thought that customers were going to come in under this keyword. Well, were you right or were you not wrong? And then A-B testing, um, especially if you have a small product mix, you know, or in a competitive market, little tweaks can make a big difference. We've seen that even just changing the order of a keyword or changing a um, the way that some of the images or adding premium A plus can make it so that, you know, a, a keyword that you were really having trouble ranking for, you know, you can just shoot up. And so it is about more than just uh, trying to get initial quick sales. It's about understanding the market and figuring out how you can 
outcompete your competitors to consistently hold those top organic spots. Uh, so you're not completely relying on advertising as a lot of that ad budget from Meta and from TikTok uh, as those targeting disappear on those that a lot of ad budgets for larger companies is shifting over to Amazon. Yeah. And Robin, I think one of the things that you highlighted there in different words was, you know, several years ago, you could be an amateur and make a lot of money on Amazon and do well. But now to, to do well, you really need to be a professional and you have to take all the details seriously. And like you said, put your, your grown up pants on. So Robin today, where is the opportunity? I know you have to be better. You just have to be smarter. You have to care more, but where's the opportunity that you're seeing for a seller that's been in the game for a little bit and they want to still grow. So, you know, one thing is, is you're looking at product extension. So that means, you know, if you're already being, if you've already been successful with product A, B, FG, because we know that not every product wins, right? So if you have some products that have been really successful, one thing to look at as you're doing product extension, the mistake that we see people make that when they come to us and say, something went off the rails, we can't figure out what it is, is are you at that product extension? If you're and this comes really down to understanding the keyword profiles of your product, right? Are you adding one more competition and dividing your sales for a specific set of keywords? If the keyword profiles of the two products you're launching, the, the this extension product are the same, unless you are already easily dominating that SERP, that search engine result page, then it is really important for you to really reconsider. So uh, making sure that you're not becoming your own worst competitor um, and dividing your ad spend. Um, and then I, I think it also is really important for you to look at finding products. It's not just about bringing a product to the marketplace. Now it is about quality. It is about safety. Packaging matters. Y'all, if I get one more, I buy a bunch of like eco-friendly stuff. If you keep Wait, sending me this stuff in plastic bags, I'm going to lose my mind. Did you like just if say your whole premise is eco-friendly, no plastic bags. <laughs> Wait, but, but I can't get over. Did you just say y'all? Yeah. Okay. Now, now it's coming out in her. a little bit of the redneck <laughs> tone there. So I had an 11 month layover in Houston. And I learned how to put, how to, how to change you y'all into two words and say you all, but my kids, you know, when we spent some time in, in lower Alabama, we call it LA, they all say y'all. So I love it. In Indiana, I don't think we have you all or y'all do we Seth? We don't. We just, we say, Hey, Hey you. <laughs> and we say all y'all. <laughs> hey, all y'all. All right. So let me stop you for a minute your mind is going as fast as your, your language. I mean, you're a hundred mile an hour, obviously a brilliant lady and a brilliant business lady to say the least. Let's dumb it down just for a little bit. Okay. In your opinion, if there's a new seller out there or a large seller, what do you think is the, in, in this, just choose one. Now, if we say the best, that means there's only one. What is your best kept secret, you know, in 185 words or less, for Amazon seller success? Know your customers' needs. Oh, I love it. Music to my ears. That was four words. You still, you owe me 181 more. You care to elaborate? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's back in the day when you walked uphill both ways in the snow on Amazon, uh, you could just launch Barefoot. a garlic press. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never walked uphill in the snow, but okay. you know, um, but if, if you, if you, like, it was just about launching a product. Now it's about understanding, okay, we have successful garlic presses. We have a brand that's doing well for garlic presses and God bless you. If you made the 
garlic press work. Uh, but I would say, like, look at like who is the customer that's buying our product? How can we move from a brand uh, from a product company? to a brand uh, because there's always going to be people knocking off uh, particular products. So it really is understanding what can make your product unique and different and serve the, the community in a different way. Uh, and then really getting serious about safety compliance, about uh, intellectual property, protecting and patenting copywriting, trademarking, um, in order to, when you do have a successful product, making sure that you're able to protect that. Um, you know, it, for me, I think when I look at who is successful and who comes to me and says, man, things are not working out, if you're just relying on algorithms to spit you out a product and you're creating a bunch of products that you have no idea really how they work, you haven't taken the time to understand the community, it's going to be a more expensive and a more difficult client. Absolutely. So Robin, um, a seller comes to you today and uh, they're looking for help. They want to grow. You know, they, they're asking you, what can you do for me? Um, first of all, what can you do? And secondly, who is your perfect client? So our, so what we can do is we can do listing optimization. Usually I start everybody off with an audit where you take a deep dive, do competitor analysis, identify, you know, is it, you know, is it even reasonable? You know, if you're trying to la launch a left-handed basket weaving kit for WMPTs, <laughs> you know, probably not going to sell enough units for me to, to cover like a retainer cost of any agency. So I want to go through that math with you to make sure that we're not heading down a path that's not profitable. Um, once we determine that there is market share, that your ad budget meets, because so, it's not impossible to lock, la launch a garlic press on Amazon, but you better have like Elon money, right? Like it's, you got to have some serious <laughs> money to get that product successfully launched. So making sure your ad budget matches up realistically with the market of the, that you're trying to launch into. Then what we can do is we we do all of the complete creative. So as long as you give us product photography, we can do all of the creative A plus premium A plus uh, title bullets, uh, getting you involved in some of the special programs where a Amazon partner network network partner. Um, and then we also will work with you on the ad strategy. And then we also do, uh, you know, if you're, if you're a seller listening, this is something that I think is really, really important. You need to be looking at both your account health page and your voice of the customer page at least two times a week. Um, and if you see a voice of a customer issue that comes up more than three times, even if you have a product that sells really, really well, if we see the same product issue coming up three times, that's always a red flag for us to say, what do we need to change in the creative? What do we need to, you know, especially if you have a good a product that's doing well, uh, an ASIN restriction will really throw you off the, off your, your your path there. So making sure that you're monitoring, you help monitor that, uh, and then kind of help keep people keep people up to date. And then we can coordinate with their SEM off Amazon. We have some um, great uh, SEM folks that we, you, we we refer people to, you know, meta, uh, uh, you know, like localization experts that we know from um, some of the conferences that I've spoken outside of the Amazon world that uh, kind of help make sure that we're, you know, feeding that data back and forth to get the best possible results for clients. Okay. I really want to do a deep dive into that brain of yours. So before 
uh, we move on, I want you to promise me that you'll come back on another episode in the future. Can you do that? Yeah, that would be great. Because now I know exactly what questions to ask you, but we're going to run out of time quickly. <laughs> so when it comes to Amazon, uh, Seth and I approach things differently right out of the gate. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some of our content or maybe read one of our books, but we're huge proponents, Robin, of calling out one specific customer avatar per offer or listing, if you will, because we come from a direct response background where we had to specifically speak to that individual customer avatar in order to gain his immediate attention. So what we do is a little bit differently. So I'd like for you to dive in a little bit uh, about that when it comes to your listing. Um, a, lot of, a lot of Amazon sellers that we talk to and, and work with, they believe falsely that one single listing for their product should serve the entire Amazon community. And in fact, Seth and I create a listing selling the same product that specifically targets one particular pain point, if you will, or reason for purchasing. How do you feel about that, Robin? You know, there's a there's a fine line between violating terms of service and creating duplicate listings. So you might need you have to you know like there's a there I'm, I'm a goody two shoes. Obviously, I work for a church, right? <laughs> um, so I think that you do. I think I 100% agree. When you market to everybody, you market to no one. And I know there's some people that are like, well, you don't know my product. My product is for everybody. <laughs> toilet paper is not for everybody. There are people who don't use Wait. toilet paper, <laughs> right? So if toilet paper is not universal, whatever gadget, gadget, goo you got is not yeah, yeah. going to Whoa, be for everybody too many syllables in that widget how do you say that again <laughs> <laughs> i kind of made the last one oh, <laughs> so I, got, I got to send a quick shout out to my friend from school uh brent beavers out there watching today he's talking about my first product which was roses i literally sold roses on the side of the road you know and 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 for me there was only one reason to buy roses and that was for your girlfriend but then I quickly found out they had girlfriends and wives and mothers and mother-in-laws and want-to-be girlfriends and, you know, just hot waitresses who are serving at the, at the local restaurant and whatnot. Maybe you're trying to get out of the doghouse. But Roses was my first product. It was super simple. But I had a huge amount of experience or gained a huge amount of experience talking to individual customers and finding out why people buy products. So when it comes to creating listings, we always focus on the offer itself. Like, how can I make an offer that speaks to you and your need for toilet paper, Robin, versus an offer that speaks to Seth and his lack of use of toilet paper? How, how do we go about doing that and stay within terms of service? Well, and, you know, so in, sometimes there are ways that you can make things so they work for different folks. So maybe you have a Gidget and that Gidget, um, it can be marketed to two folks. One person is going to be using it primarily for sous vide cooking. One person is going to be using it primarily with baking. In order to make the product materially different so that you're completely within terms of service, it would just be adding some other, uh, you know, component or some other thing that would make it so you can market those to two individual things. You could also look at what your competitors, uh, what keywords are they really ranking for, and then develop those products in a way that really fits that particular avatar. I think a lot of times people think because we're looking primarily at keyword targeting on Amazon versus demographic targeting on Meta that we're you know, sometimes somehow doing something different. It, it's just that there's a different step involved, right? So we're saying what intent causes what kind of buyer 
clickety-click typing in different keyword phrases into uh, Amazon search. And, you know, the, that that also means not limiting yourself to Amazon, looking at using tools like SEMrush to identify what's really working for somebody okay. on their website. Do they really have the traffic? Um, are they driving traffic externally? All those things can kind of help me give you a better picture of where your customer is, what's really working for them. That's awesome. Uh, Sam wants to say hello. Sam Heisen says hello, and uh, he's streaming live on YouTube. So hi, Sam. Glad you could join us today. You guys that are watching the live stream, if you have any questions at all for Robin, I'm sure she'd be happy to answer them for you, Seth. Yeah. So Robin, we're going to quickly run out of time here and transition to the last part of our show. But before we do, um, where should people find out more about you? Where should they go? And then also, do you have any special offer for our listeners today? Yeah. So if you go to marketplaceblueprint.com and if you add forward slash show, S-H-O-W, then you can follow me on my socials. There's a listing, free listing page optimization. If you send me one ASIN, there's a little thing in there. Send me an ASIN. Uh, I'll give you a quick video uh, kind of uh, tutorial. And then I'm always happy to do like a quick consult. Uh, we also can do like an audit of your current PPC or current listing uh, if you wanted us to just take a look to make sure you're on the right page. Nice. Okay. So Robin, founder and CEO of Marketplace Blueprint. I can't talk as fast as you, so I need to slow that one down. I'll make sure I pronounce it right. As an entrepreneur, I'm sure you've read a lot of books. I can see some behind you there. Some of those covers look familiar, but my old eyes are failing me in my in my uh, senior age. But what is your all-time favorite business book? Oh, Okay, so there's so many good ones that people recommend all the time. And I like to go with something different because obviously I'm a little quirky and weird, right? Um, so there's a, a auto, there's a biography way back there by Neil Gabler on Walt Disney. And I that really opened up my eyes because, you know, we think of Walt Disney as this ultimate success. Uh, but hearing about how many times he almost, he did get swindled out of everything. He did fail. He did file for bankruptcy. Um, I think it puts the entrepreneurial journey more in. And I've learned some of like Mike Michalowicz has great books. Um, I'm friends with both Mike Michalowicz and Sharon Lecter. Uh, anything from Sharon Lecter is where she co-wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, but she also did like Think and Grow Rich for Women. Um, and so, you know, some really great books there that have all given me some really tactical things. Um, but for me, somebody who has a lot of anxiety pent up, you can tell I'm a little high strung. Um, being able to see that the journey nah. is meant to not be a straight line was very helpful to me. You and I are normal. It's the rest of the world we have to worry about. <laughs> my teachers, uh, they used to get me in trouble for fidgeting all the time and said I was hyper. And I said, no, I'm not hyper. You guys are just boring. Yeah, if they would just talk faster, I wouldn't be so bored. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, when you talk fast and someone else listens slow, then it's, you know, it's a double whammy. <laughs> so, Robin, over the last 12 months, have you made a purchase that you may consider a splurge or some may consider a splurge, but you don't regret spending the money because um, you feel like it was worth it. Yes. I bought a love sack couch and they, with the big subwoofers in it that makes it feel like you're in the movie theater. And I was like, this is ridiculous spending this much for a couch. And then (laughs) I got it and my kids 
and I love cities. Like my teenagers are spending more time. Like, so it's not just that it's the couch. It's that it's helped bring the kids down out of their rooms. And I think this really goes down to understanding internal versus external needs. I externally needed a couch, but the big internal reason is that we were looking to try to create that gathering space more in our home, you know? So when you just focus on external needs for your clients, you're totally missing out. The internal needs are always much more powerful. I love that core desire that drives our purchases and the reason behind it. Uh, Seth talks about, you know, if you ask him this question three years ago, he loved his, his ping pong table. You know, today it's probably his Tesla. You know, tomorrow it may be that, that little Mario Kart you bought for a little man. <laughs> he, <yeah. laughs> he, he got his son, Graham, this little Mario Kart that like drifts around and does crazy stuff. Scared the heck out of me when I saw the video. He posted. <laughs> I can just see the kid getting decapitated or something. Oh, it, was, it made me nervous. But anyway, it's fun to dive into really what causes us to make purchasing decisions. Why and to what extent are we willing to go? You know, every single customer, every consumer out there, whether they purchase from you or not yet, we're all on our own path. We're all on a specific journey that may make sense to me, but it might not make sense to you, you know? For example, I was taking my my young son, my youngest son Moses, through this uh, military museum down in our near our Florida home, Punta Gorda, and there was a ham radio operator in there, and my son was completely like just dumbfounded at all these buttons and gadgets and the way you can reach out to people. And I was like, "Have you ever heard of text messaging, son, or <laughs> carrier pigeons, or email, or you know?" But he loved it, so we went home and immediately dove in, and it took me like two and a half days, but I got a ham radio license. I was on a journey at that moment, right? I bought a couple of handheld radios and some online training and started learning Morse code. I'm off of that journey now. But as a seller, if you can communicate with me in a language and a pattern and some nomenclature and something that makes sense to me in the journey I'm on, then I think, Robin, you have a much better opportunity to sell me something that's meaningful for me. And I always say this, it's become almost a a cliche is that as a seller, it's not our job to answer the questions, right? It's our job to ask those questions and then give our buyers, our customers from Amazon, if you will, an opportunity to answer that question so that we can learn. And if we're not learning, we're not expanding. If we're not expanding, then we're probably dying, right? So there's no such thing as a stationary position in this business. Get out there and make some waves and, um, you know, just a quick shout out to my my high school buddy again, Brent Beaver, who's watching this live stream. Hey, Brent, Robin says hello. She sends love from Yoda and the Darth Vader back there. Um, <laughs> you, you know what a Wookiee is, Robin? Yeah, of course. Okay, I just learned this uh, like 30 seconds ago. It's Chewbacca right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chewbacca. Yes, I have a cousin that looks similar to Chewbacca. This has been a heck of a lot of fun, Robin. Don't you go anywhere. I have something special I want to talk to you about. As soon as May takes us out of here. Thank you. God bless you. Enjoy the sunshine out there in the desert. I'm going to go brag about our humidity in Florida of 99.5%. We all have something, right? Yes. All right. Take care. See you Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Time.